Welcome to the Five Books for Catholics podcast, where experts explain their pick of five outstanding books on an aspect of Catholic life, doctrine, or culture. In this episode, Roger W. Nutt will take us through his pick of the five best books on the sacraments in general. In paragraph number 1131, the Catechism of the Catholic Church has the following to say on the sacraments. The sacraments are efficacious signs of grace, instituted by Christ and entrusted to the Church, by which divine life is dispensed to us. The visible rites by which the sacraments are celebrated signify and make present the graces proper to each sacrament. They bear fruit in those who receive them with the required dispositions. To help us unpack this dense paragraph, we are joined by Roger W. Nutt. He is Provost of Abbey Maria University. He teaches undergraduate and graduate courses in the sacraments and Christology. He co-directs the Aquinas Centre for Theological Renewal with Dr. Michael Dauphiné and Dr. Stephen Long. His research focuses on Christology and sacramental theology, especially the theology of St. Thomas Aquinas. He is the author of three books and many articles in the sacraments. His books include Thomas Aquinas' De Unioni Verbi Incarnati, published by Peters, General Principles of Sacramental Theology, published by the Catholic University of America Press, and To Die is Gain, a theological reintroduction to the sacrament of anointing of sick for clergy, laity, caregivers, and everyone else, published by Emmaus Academic. His articles and chapters have appeared in publications such as Novet Vetera, Gregorianum, Louvain Studies, The Thomist, Harvard Theological Review, Angelicum, Antiphon, and the Oxford Handbook of the Reception of Aquinas. Professor Nutt, welcome. Thank you, Father. It's great to be with you. Well, we're honored to have you. But first of all, could you tell us a bit about what has drawn you to focus your research on the sacraments? Sure. A couple of things that are of a personal nature that have influenced my interest in Catholic theology. I'm a convert to the Catholic faith, and I was raised in a very non-liturgical form of uh, Reformed Protestantism, a, bap- uh, the, the, uh, a branch of the Baptist denomination. And I did not, I was not exposed as a child to really the pre-Reformation theological tradition of the church. And quite frankly, the Christian community that I belong to had some fairly strong anti-Catholic uh, sentiments. And it was only when I became an undergraduate and had some of the basic beliefs challenged at a secular university, some of the beliefs that I held, that I had to look a little more deeply than the Reformed um, theology that I was raised in to see if the faith could stand up to how it was presented uh, at at the school where I was an undergraduate. And I was deeply struck by the great figures of the Catholic theological tradition, particularly St. Augustine and St. Thomas Aquinas, and fell in love with the church's teaching on the real presence. And it was really a desire to be in full communion with the church, to 
be able to receive Holy Communion that was a major catalyst in my conversion. And through that experience, I decided that I would pursue the study of Catholic theology at the graduate level and uh, really focused on St. Thomas and especially on the third part of the Summa where he treats both Christology and the sacraments. So I've never really been able to separate my academic study of theology from my own profession of faith because the theological tradition, the pre-reformed theological tradition of the church had such a deep impact uh, on my own personal life and my own faith journey. And you've written uh, a general study on the sacraments, principles of sacramental theology. Could you tell us a bit about that book, which gives an overview of today's theme? Yeah, so that that work was an attempt to fill a lacuna in current in the current literature on sacramental theology that used to be a standard part of any substantive course or program of studies in theology, and that is the material that applies to all of the sacraments. Uh, in general. So sometimes they're called, you know, it, it, it was called the material on the sacraments in common or the general principles. But we, we often don't think about it today. But what what a sacrament is, what their basic effects are, um, how they confer those effects, what the minister uh, must intend, what the requisite matter and form is. Um, those are all questions that apply in some way to each of the seven sacraments. So when one was formed in Catholic theology, one usually studied the general principles prior to studying the seven, and it's still the case in, in some institutions today. But in the English language, for nearly uh, five decades, a substantive work on the general principles had a new a new work had not been published. There's kind of a standard from the old generation by uh, a, a, a Jesuit named Bernard Leeming. The, the book was called Principles of uh, Sacramental Theology. So mine was really an attempt to fill uh, that gap in the literature, because what had happened in the last couple of decades, and it impacts other branches of theology, we see it, I think, especially in biblical studies, it's often called the historical problem, that the sacraments were studied as rites, so you could study 13th century Eucharistic prayers or the fourth century architectural styles in churches or eighth century baptismal fonts. And some of those historical studies are very, very fruitful. But what happened is that liturgical studies in some ways swallowed um, sacramental theology and especially the general principles of sacramental theology. So students were introduced to the sacraments as uh, rites of worship that could be studied historically, but they uh, weren't always in the last few decades getting those general principles that really transcend particular 
um, historical um, contexts and are very important for understanding the spiritual significance and importance that the sacraments uh, have in the life of the church. So, for example, the invisible effects of the sacraments like sacramental grace and sacramental character are very important to understanding the centrality that the Lord intended the sacraments to have in the life of the church. But those types of things are not really accessible through liturgical uh, studies. And so what I'm attempting to do in the book is to provide an accessible introduction to students of sacramental uh, theology so that they can understand how these general principles um, um, are are really the foundation for for understanding the place and role that the sacraments are to have uh, in the life of the church. Uh, you've mentioned how that's important for students of theology. But I imagine this is also of vital importance also in catechesis as well. For example, in the recent synod, uh, some of the proposals that are coming from local churches regard the ordination of women to, as deacons. And that touches upon a principle of the sacramental theology, that the sacraments aren't, they're, they're instituted by Christ, not by the church in the way that other liturgical rites, such as the washing of feet and Good Thursday, is instituted by the church. Um, so there seems to be an assumption in these proposals that the church can extend the sacrament of holy orders to, at least in the first degree of sacrament of holy orders, to women. Whereas the church's understanding will would be, well, that's not possible because the this is a sacrament instituted in this way by Christ, not by the church. We don't have power over that. So there seems to be something going wrong in the catechesis about the sacraments. Do you think the church is not doing something right in its catechesis of the sacrament? Yes, I do. Um, I think, and, we'll, and some of the works that I sele uh, selected will 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 touch on these things. But to answer the the broad arc of your question. Sometimes I ask my students or when I when I speak at, about these topics at the more popular level, I will ask the rhetorical question. What happened to all the miracles? If you read the Old Testament and the New Testament, it seems like God was constantly manifesting himself and convincing people of his reality through radical, miraculous interventions. And I think one of the basic points that has been lost in the life of the church today is that the Lord's institution of the seven sacraments to be the seven principal rites of worship in the life of the church and the certainty that we have in faith that the Lord operates through those uh, seven rights to transform our hearts and justify us by way of the gift of of grace is totally underappreciated. So we have these visible signs that the Lord gave the church to communicate invisible realities and to deepen the communion that we have with him as he is alive and risen um, in heaven now. 
but there hasn't been a, a dynamic catechesis on the fact that the risen Lord continues to minister to us through these visible um, signs in the church. In fact, they're the highest forms of prayer and the deepest forms of intimacy uh, that we can have um, with the Lord. So I think one of the things that has been generally lost is that the rites seem like historical constructions that can be manipulated and not as the principal gifts that the Lord gave to the church to um, sustain her and to lead us into um, eternal life. In fact, connecting this to the point that I made earlier about the uh, some of the problems that an overly historical approach to liturgical studies can have is that we forget that we wouldn't have liturgical rites in the church if the Lord hadn't instituted seven sacraments. That is, we don't get our knowledge um, about, we shouldn't get our knowledge um, about the sacraments from the liturgy, but the theological meaning of the sacraments should illumine for us what the rites mean. To your, get to your first book on your list, um, this is uh, Father Reginald Lynch's Cleansing of the Heart. The title is a phrase of St. Augustine. And Father Lynch's book is a study of St. Thomas Aquinas' account of sacramental causality. Why is this theme important? And what does St. Thomas teach us about it? It's a great question. I think um, Father Lynch is one of the finest sacramental theologians in the Anglophone world. And I uh, learned uh, a great deal from studying his book carefully. And the reason why St. Thomas's teaching on this and the general idea of uh, sacramental causality is important is because it helps us understand that the Lord connected spiritual effects that we need to be conformed and transformed into having union with God to the operation of the sacraments. So when we talk today about sacramental causality, it seems to it, it can seem to the modern ear like we're not talking in a very spiritual way because causality in the post-Newtonian world is understood in terms of force. In a, in a strictly a-metaphysical Newtonian understanding of the world, things uh, impact each other by crashing into each other. But in the deeper understanding of causality that we received from the ancient world, a cause ha is, is a many-layered explanation or account for why something is the way it is. And that's why, you know, we're all f familiar with Aristotle's four causes. Um, there are really four ways of understanding something, the material component, the efficient component, the formal component, the final component. And so when we speak of sacramental causality, and the church does have an official doctrine of sacramental causality that's couched with the three Latin words, ex opere operato, that the sacraments cause or bring about their effects from the work worked, what we mean is not to explain how the Lord impacts us by way of physical force, 
but by way of how the Lord brings about the supernatural and spiritual effects of grace and character into the life of the soul. So having a precise doctrine of sacramental causality that connects the, the, the celebration of the sacraments that we see in the church with the ministry that Christ continues to exercise in the church from heaven explains to the faithful why the sacraments are so important for the, the, the Christian spiritual and, and moral life. And St. Thomas in particular, Father Lynch is a wonderful expositor of St. Thomas and the com commentatorial tradition uh, on, on St. Thomas of his doctrine of instrumental causality. In the third part of the Summa, Thomas introduces the question of the sacraments, question 60, after treating for 59 questions uh, the uh, theology of the hypostatic union and the life of Christ. So for St. Thomas, it's very clear that the efficacy and power of the sacraments is in the life of the church is something that follows upon the significance of the union of God and man in Christ. And Father Lynch does a wonderful job of unpacking the significance of the general doctrine of sacramental theology and then tracing the development of St. Thomas's uh, teaching of this doctrine, um, especially in its maturist articulation in the third part of the Summa. And one of the things that Father Lynch teaches that I think is really important that he derives from the commentatorial tradition, especially the reading of the Summa given by Cardinal Cajetan, is that when we talk about the sacraments as instrumental causes, it is perhaps best not to think of tools as instruments, though sometimes um, um, St. Thomas uses those uh, those types of analogies, the, the, the artisan taking up a tool and bringing about an effect in, in marble or wood, but he averts specifically to the musical instrument. Cardinal Cajetan uses the harp, and if we think of how the instrument taken up by the musician brings about musical notes through its own proper instrumentality, but primarily by the motion of the musician by whom it is played. That's a really wonderful analogy to understand how the effects of grace and character are um, conferred upon the recipient of the sacraments by our Lord and by the minister who, um, who celebrates the sacraments. So it's not as if the sacraments on the one hand are just passive conduits um, through which grace passes, but it's also the case that it's not that they confer supernatural effects through their own finite and, um, and, and created significations, but by being taken up uh, by the Lord in a way as his instruments, they do bring about um, higher effects because they're moved by a higher motion. And Father Lynch really does a very fine job of, of treating these points with, with great nuance. And your second book is a textbook on, a recent textbook on sacramental theology in general. It's Lawrence, Professor Lawrence Feingold's Touched by Christ, The Sacramental Economy. What makes this a good book to read? 
Yeah, there's a couple of reasons why I really admire uh, this book. I think Lawrence Feingold is one of the finest theological pedagogues in the English language. And what I mean by that is that he's not only able to penetrate the truths of the faith with the highest academic rigor, but his works are always ordered in an incredibly wise fashion that is informed by their imminent structure within the faith. And what he has done in this book is in one volume, he has treated all seven of the sacraments in great detail with engagement with key historical sources, magisterial teachings, the fathers of the church, uh, general principles as, as, as they come up um, in, in reference to each of the sacraments, and even disputed uh, questions and, and open debates today. And he's done that all in one volume. So someone who reads this book can come away with a very, very advanced understanding of both the speculative doctrine of the sacraments and how it's informed by key teachings uh, in the history of the church, saints and doctors, and magisterial uh, uh, interventions such as the Council of Trent. So it's easier to find good one volume treatments of single sacraments, you know, good books on the Eucharist or good books on the bap on baptism. It is very difficult to find a book like this that treats all seven sacraments in one single volume in such a detailed and exhaustive fashion. So if any of your listeners are looking for a good one-stop shop, I think uh, Professor Feingold's Touched by Christ is, is um, very tough to beat. Thank you for listening. To read or listen to the rest of this interview, or to support this podcast, visit the website fivebooksforcatholics.com and become a premium subscriber. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast on the platform of your choice so that more people can discover it and give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, God bless.